Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahiri, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that that this will bless you. Specifically, this message today is from our Y'all series. That's Y'all, as in you all. And we're looking at great scriptures from the Bible that are to us all, good promises that the whole church needs to hear. We hope you enjoy the Y'all series, and you can find more resources at palousechurch.org, or you can check us out on the Bible app and select us as your church, or or find us on YouTube or Facebook. But for now, uh, tune in to this message from the Y'all series. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, dear Lord. For you are truly our rock and our redeemer. And you alone should we rightly fear. You alone should we fully follow. You alone should our lives be founded upon. Oh Lord God, would you help each and every one of us to to really tune into your word today, that, that we would be praying even as we listen, that this would be an act of worship, our listening and, and our receiving what you have from us. And I ask, Lord, that you would help your people to pray for, for me, that I would rightly proclaim your word, that you would be honored, your church would be built up. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you'd like to open your Bibles to our main scripture today, it's going to be in Paul's letter to the church of Rome, uh, Romans, uh, chapter 8. It's called Romans. So 8, starting with verse 5 today. We'll get there here in a moment. But we're, we're having this series we're calling Y'all uh, to have a little fun here at the beginning of the year, but also to recognize that we're all in this together. This is a plural thing, and when we, when, we, when we read the New Testament, sometimes we read it flat. We read the word you, and we think it's directed at me, right? And we think it's singular, but many times uh, when the word you is there in the English, it's actually plural. It's actually written to the whole group, and so we're, we're focusing in on this, this truth that God created us, and he saved us into an us, he, into a community. And if you think about God, God is Community, in a way. Community comes from God, but God is one, but also Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You could say a perfect community that has existed for all eternity. And God calls us into God's family as, as a body. And, and so the plural is important. And, and we are not, as we talked about last week, if you missed the message, you can go check it out online, but we are not solo acts. Uh, it's, it's great that we each have individual lives and that's how we experience life. And yes, we are amazingly, each of us created and unique and perfectly loved individuals, all of that. But we all, all y'all, are part of a greater project, okay? A greater family. And so our series is exploring the shared realities that we have, maybe some shared struggles, but also shared good news, shared purpose that we have in common. And hopefully it's going to build us up and encourage us as we go through this series. So we're going to, we're going to read Romans 8, 5 through 11 in a bit, but I want to focus on two 
words before we hear the scriptures so that as we hear it, uh, you'll have a bit of uh, background about uh, what, what is being said here. So Paul and his team have, have done ministry and the church is exploding throughout the Mediterranean region. And it's amazing to think that we have a letter called Romans because that means that the message of Christ has gone from, from you know, Israel into the heart of the empire of that world at that time. And there, there needs to be a letter because why? Because there's people who follow Christ in Rome. I mean, that's pretty cool. And this has happened within 20 or so years. And so Paul is writing to people, people who follow Jesus. And what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to have your sins forgiven, to be justified? And how does it work? And Paul's writing about all kinds of deep and wonderful topics in this letter. And I encourage you to, if you haven't read Romans, read Romans. It'll encourage you. If you haven't read chapter 8 in a while, read chapter 8. The, it'll just bless your socks up. It's amazing. But in this, in this particular section, Paul uses the words flesh and spirit. And so I want to talk about flesh and spirit. What, is that, what does that mean? Uh, you know, we think of flesh, we can just kind of pinch ourselves. You want to do that to wake up, go ahead. But uh, flesh, you know, we can just think of it as like how our cells are connected or something. Uh, you know, but for Paul and the early church, when they talked about flesh, it had more meaning than just, you know, physical substance. It, 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 it meant our rebellious human nature. It was kind of a shorthand word for our, our rebellious human nature or our sin nature. Uh, it, it wasn't that Paul was saying our bodies are bad or it's bad that you have a human body and the only good part of you is some kind of invisible spirit in you. No, because our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jewish people believe that. Christians believe that. But there's something uh, residing in our bodies and even touches our spirit in some ways that is the flesh. And that is that part that doesn't always want healthiness, that doesn't always want to do the right thing to someone else, you know, that, that hears something and goes, ah, I'm going to get that sucker. You know that, you know, you know that part, buddy? It's not just me. Okay, good. Uh, you know, so that, that, that there is this something in us that, and Paul wrote about it in, in, in chapter 7, that does not do what we want to do, and sometimes we do what we shouldn't do. He, he, you know, he says there's, there's this, this, this thing going on, this fight in us, even when we are fully saved believers of Christ. So we, we fight against this, right? It's not that our bodies are bad, but that, that even as our minds are getting transformed and renewed, even as our, our heart and our life is forgiven, uh, we live in a world with broken, uh, brokenness, right? And so you could say that that's, the flesh is that close selfishness that's always lurking nearby that may cause you to choose the wrong path, Right? Uh, it's it's entrenched in it's entrenched in you in your very meat and bones if you want to call it that uh, but but it's more than that it's more than that okay so so the flesh we all have a fight against it, but we also are not just of the flesh we are spiritual creations okay we we're going to hear the word spirit and it's going to be capitalized in most of your translations because the spirit here is talking about God's spirit. The Holy Spirit, what some grew up calling the Holy Ghost, same same person of the Trinity, right? Uh, it, it, it's God. The Spirit of God is God, right? And so Paul here is not referring to some just human spirit when the S is capitalized. He's, he's not referring to the spirit of the day, or you might think of team spirit or something like that. He's focusing on the Spirit, the one that Jesus promised he would give his people, 
the Spirit, the great helper, the great counselor, eternal God, not just a magical substance or something, but, but God, member of the Holy Trinity, along with Father and Son. So with that as brief background, let's go into Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Y'all, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in y'all, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in y'all, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to all y'alls, added a little bit there, mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in y'all. This is the word of the Lord with some fun adaptation. Okay, uh, so flesh and spirit. Obviously we have this battle uh, inside of us, but it's clear Paul's saying who, who wins and what God wants for us. God wants life and peace. So we're going to talk about setting the mind. He says in there, setting the mind. What is it to set the mind? Because if our mind is set on our, our, our selfishness and our, 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 what's broken about us or what's wrong about the world, that's death, man. That's, that's a downer. But if, if we're focused on the Spirit and what God wants for, for us and who God says we are, that is life and peace. So if you're like me, when reading the scripture, saying, well, then I want the life and peace bit, right? And so how do I, how do I set the mind? How do I set the mind on that, that spirit? We, we have a choice. We're all in this together, but we live our individual lives, right? So we, we have choices each day of how we're going to live. And we can intentionally set our active mind to our beliefs. It's one of the beautiful ways that God created us. And we have to think about that, right? What, do, what am I intentionally setting my active mind to today? Another way of saying that is, what are you thinking about? Think about what you think about for a second. And sometimes we just let our thoughts and our feelings take us over. Okay? And we, but we have the ability to set our active mind to what we believe in. And remembering, even when we don't feel like it, Remembering that you are loved. Remembering that you are specially created by God. Remembering that he wants relationship with you. Thinking about who you truly are, even when you feel down in the dumps and you think you're worthless or you really screwed something up or something didn't go your way. Remembering and thinking about who you are. Now, if you're like me, that doesn't always occupy your heart and your soul, right? So you have to, as Paul says, you have to set the mind. You have to do it, right? You have to actually set it. Um, I don't know about you, but 
If you don't set it, your mind can drift. Does anybody have drift in their minds? And and it just drifts to whatever it wants to, uh, you know? And it's going to drift maybe to things you're upset about or things from 20 years ago or, uh, you know, something that's painful, anxious concerns, passions, you know, and, you know, the ancient church called them appetites. Sometimes if you don't set your mind on the higher things, the better things, your flesh will just, you know, make you do something that's part of your appetites, whether it's lust or, or eating. You know, sometimes when I'm not thinking, I'll just find myself eating chocolate that I didn't even really want to eat, right? I like chocolate. I'm not saying it's all sinful, but it's like, did I even think about this? The answer is no, not on a conscious level. Sometimes you don't need to. That's just humans do that, right? And so our mind will be driven by our basic nature, and there's actually some programming in our mind that that's good for survival and things, but sometimes there's some things about our basic human nature that we don't want it driving the ship, right? Okay, we, 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 we want to, to be in control, our higher self. So uh, spiritual thinking and living, what Paul is saying, what I'm trying to emphasize here, is not automatic, okay? There has to be intention to it. There has to be practice so if we love God, what the scriptures say is, okay, you say you love God, do you put it into practice, right? Where's the evidence of that? How do you do that towards other people? How are you learning? Are you praying? Are you talking with God? You know, faith isn't just a passive status. James writes later in, in the book of James, he writes, you say you have faith, great, from your works, right? Uh, John in 1 John will say, you say you love God, do you love your brother, right, who's in need? And they're basically saying, if we have this, are we setting our minds about it? And then is it actually coming out in our lives? If you love me, Jesus says, will you obey my commandments? If you love me, maybe you won't be perfect, but you'll want to do what's right. And you want to think about what's right. And you want to admit when you've fallen short. You want to think about what you're thinking about. You know, in the last 30, 40 years or so, this is growing in, in secular psychology what's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Very effective. It basically helps people think about what they're thinking about. And, but in the Christian practice of prayer and Christian meditation and, and learning about scriptures, that's what the scriptures have been doing for thousands of years. What are you thinking about? And are you thinking about yourself the right way? And test your thoughts. Guard your heart, the scriptures say. Test the spirits. Don't just accept everything. But there's this battle in the world that's saying, yes, 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 we need to think about what we think, need to think about, and, and we need to think healthy. But then there's this other part of the world that's saying, eh, just do whatever feels right, right? Isn't it interesting that we have both those voices out there in the world? In fact, you know, it, whether it's Lady Gaga or Frank Sinatra, both of them are saying, you know, Lady Gaga says, you're born that way. Frank Sinatra says, I did it my way. They're basically saying the same thing. Do what feels good to you, and you feel it, you think it, so it is you. No, not always. Sometimes we, the things that we think and feel are not very good, and they need to be tested. We need to think about what we're thinking about, and we need a source that helps us rightly think about what we're thinking about. Okay? And we need to help each other to set our minds on that, which is good. The scriptures actually say this thing that can sound really oppressive until you realize it's really freeing. But it says, you can take every thought captive. Meaning you don't have to be captive by your thoughts, which a lot of people are. Instead, you can say, I want to take my thoughts captive and train them. 
It's 2 Corinthians 10.5, if you want to look it up, you want to memorize it. It says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that could be like, oh, how do I do that? Well, it's a practice. The Spirit will help you. Trust me, it's not oppressive. It's actually freeing that God can help you think in new ways and helpful ways. And if you find yourself beating yourself up or doing habits you don't want to do, the good news is Jesus said, I give you a helper, a counselor, and he can teach you and he can lead you in better ways. And, and the scriptures wouldn't say you can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ unless you can do it. And so he can help you to do it. Not on your own, but he can help you to do it. And that's free. If you feel captive to your thoughts, there are some of you out there who do it. I know I have. Know this. You are not made by God to be a captive. He has set you free in Christ. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, the Scriptures say. And so if you feel captive, I want, I want you to know that the Spirit wants to break those bonds today. You don't have to be captive. The only one you should be captive to is captivated by Christ and His love. So just know that. Okay? And don't beat yourself up if you felt captive, because it happens to us. It happened to Paul for crying out loud. It happens to me, I know. But he can free us. And so there are times in my daily experience where I'll just freely admit, I don't do this. You, you too, probably, right? Where the baser part of me or the upset part of me or the tired part of me can hijack the rest of me, right? Uh, James says one particular part it can hijack is this stinker in our mouths, the tongue, which is not only just the speaking part, but in our world is the fingers on the keyboard. The tongue can come out now in typing on social media and, and text messages. Okay, it's our communication sometimes gets hijacked and we communicate something before we think, before we pray, before we say, will this honor God? Is this good? Is this building up another person? Is this right? And so there's times where our, our thoughts, we, we don't test them, we don't control them, and they, they lead us into things. So we, we, we don't want to set our mind, we don't want to let our mind drift to that and be set on that, that's death. We want to set our minds on the spirit, and that is life and peace. Life, life and peace. So what is life and peace? Well, that's, it sounds good to me. First off, God gives us life and full life. And, and I think some people have this wrong idea of God. First of all, the all, all source of life is God, right? He's the source of all life. And you don't have to drum it up, so that's really good news. And you also should know that God created the idea of enjoyment. God created the idea of beauty, music, laughter, humor. Everything that's good comes from God. God is not a killjoy. So if your spirituality is a killjoy, something is wrong. If you think your spirituality has to lead you into just depression or something, something's wrong, I think, oh, I don't know how to pray or I'm not praying like so-and-so. If, if your spirituality is leading you into more anxiety or, or something, that is not God. Because God it is one, he, he, he will challenge you and he'll push you through hard things, but he, he wants for you a full life and peace. It's right here in our scripture today. He's not a killjoy. He's not a boring destroyer of happiness and joy. God, the scriptures teach us, wants healthy, full life. He 
He wants wholeness. He wants people feeling restored and secure and comfortable. He wants what the scriptures call shalom, a, a deep peace of not just an absence of conflict, but a security of knowing that you are loved and you know who you are and you know what your life is about. And we translate that as peace in English, but it's so much more. It's a fullness. It's a deepness. It's, a, it's a having a sense of purpose, having a sense of well-being with God. It's shalom. And God wants that for you, not just for some super spiritual monks out there somewhere. He wants that for every day, everybody, folks, okay? All y'all. He wants it. The best possible life. God wants it for you. He wants deep, meaningful life with you. God wants healthy relationships for you. God wants you to have a sense of true purpose. He wants you to know that you are known fully and he still fully loves you. Isn't that good news, right? He knows your imperfections. He knows your wounds from your past. And he's compassionate and he cares and he loves you deeply and fully. In fact, Jesus, this is why he came to earth. He came to earth to make this fullness, this, this life restoration happen for us. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Jesus lived his life, his, his life. He did, not, he did not bow to the flesh nature, to the sin nature. He came into human nature, but he redeemed it. He, he lived a life that we couldn't live, a perfect life, so we could give that life as an offering, as a way for us to have his perfectness. The way the scriptures say it, he says, he who knew no sin, Paul writes, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, right? He, he came in, he loved us so much that he took our curse and our brokenness upon himself in this amazing transaction that we cannot do on our own. God had to take our stuff upon himself and then he gave us his great stuff, his, his righteousness, his fullness. He died that death we deserved. But in so doing, he put to death the power of the sin nature. Yeah, there's still sins in our members attacking us, but he put to death the power of it. He, he's given us new identity, new purpose, new life. And because he's given us righteousness, a new start, because he forgave us completely, that this part of the good news is we can have the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's part of the good news, and it's not just part of the good news for one branch of the Christian church where they get the Spirit, but the rest of us are just kind of fuddy-duddy sitting around. The Holy Spirit is for everybody who believes in Jesus Christ. Right? To Jesus, there are no fuddy-duddies, whatever those are, okay? He wants everybody to have his Spirit inside of him. The result of salvation is not just something you have to wait for later. Right? Uh, uh, heaven later. That's great. The result of salvation is also here and now. The, the, the presence of the Spirit here and now in your life. It, the scriptures say you get the down payment of heaven later now. You get the presence of God's Spirit in your life now, available in your life now. Jesus said, I want to give you the Holy Spirit when I leave. It's beautiful. We call it the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit. What, one of the words for the Spirit in the New Testament it's pneuma. That's the main word. And pneuma is breath and it's wind. Breathe on me, breath of God. The breath of God, the, the, the breath of God that gives life is the Spirit. And He is in you closer than your very breath. He's there to teach, lead, guide, encourage, convict you. He's there even when you don't recognize the Spirit. We need to lean on us. Jesus said in John 14, John 14, if y'all love me, you all will keep my commandments. And I, this is good news, friends, I will ask the Father and he will give y'all another helper to be with y'all forever. 
even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You all know him, for he dwells with you all and will be in does not say in a few of you or in some of you or in the super spiritual or those that look like this or have this much wealth or something. No, in all of my kids who believe, you have the, if you believed in Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of God with you. You are never alone. You have the greatest power of the universe inside of you. The Holy Spirit can therefore help us do what Jesus is saying. Learn how to obey his commandments. Learn how to bless others and serve others. You are not just doing it of your own energy. You're doing it with the leadership, guidance, power of the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, set your minds on that. Set your minds on that. Intentionally think of that daily. That I am not just my own. I'm the vessel of the Spirit of God. That is life and peace to think about that, to realize who you are and whose you are, and that he is with you. And you can have this because of the righteousness and the resurrection of Christ. Verse 11, verse 11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, excuse me, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in y'all, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to y'all, all your all's mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in y'all. And if that's not mind-blowing to you, maybe you didn't hear it. Okay? This is mind-blowing. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that is greater than death itself is with you. And if he who raised Jesus from the dead is with you, he's going to give life to your bodies as you fight against that other nature, that nature that's already defeated in Christ anyway, that, that, that other voice that says, do this without thinking, attack back, say that word you shouldn't say, do that habit you shouldn't do. You have the powerful spirit with you. This means, friends, you are not simply your own, but you are also not just your dark side. You are not captive to your dark feelings. You are not captive to your compulsions to lust or to overeat or to be anxious or to be fearful or to be spiteful. These are not you. They are there, but they are not you. And the Holy Spirit of God can rise the real you up and above all of that. The Holy Spirit can bring you freedom. We have to set our minds on that daily. And it will be life and peace. You are called to be part of his body. He, he made you to be that. He wants you to have that enjoyment. In Colossians 3, Paul writes about if you, if you are raised with Christ, then hey, Here's an idea. Set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on the things that are good and put to death the things that are of the world. So we got to actually do that, right? And when we do that, that's, that's good. So we live in the real world, right? So this afternoon, one of the afternoons this week, it was just this week, as I'm working on this text, I'm thinking about setting my mind on life and peace. I'm kicking gravel along the Palouse roads here, walking home from one of my bus routes with my mind not set on the spirit. And I'm, I, I, I'm having a gray day. You ever have a gray day where you're grumpy? Maybe there's not a ton of reasons for it. But I was having a gray day. I could feel it. I could feel it in my body, right? I could feel it in my flesh. My eyes sometimes in the winter, some of you have seen that, they dry out and they hurt. And, and I saw that gave, me, that gave me justification to complain, right? 
whatever your justification is you can think of that. But, oh, why do I got to be this way? Why is this going on? And before you know it, it's a beautiful sunny day that particular day, but could I see the sun? Well, technically, yeah. But here I was on an afternoon with 99.9% .9 of my life. Absolutely great, honestly. And I was spiraling into thinking really unhealthy things and that life wasn't that great. And I have every reason not to think that. This old nature, that flesh that's just right nearby, ready to jump on you and, and join up with the devil and attack you like a prowling lion was right there saying, oh, it looks like he's weak today. And I was. But then, and I think because the Holy Spirit was near, thought came into my mind. And I remembered to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. I thought, do I really believe that? And I, I said to myself, yeah, I believe that. So I sat down, I finally got to the office after I was kicking some gravel, and I sat down with my hands up just before God, and this is not spiritual bragging, trust me. This is just me admitting to you reality. I said, God, you say to set the mind on the spirit of life and peace, and I'm not feeling it. Help me to set my mind on you. Remind me who I am. Simple, not overly religious, honestly. Just said those kind of words back to God. And it wasn't magic. I'm not saying it was some psychological theory. But you know what? I, I felt better. I felt better. Did my, my eyes instantly heal that moment? No. Right? But you know what? I didn't feel like I was in a spiral. And I think a lot of you know what that spiral feels like. And suddenly, the spiral was gone. Now, I know, friends, I know that there are many bigger problems out there in the congregation, out there online, that are much worse than a gray afternoon, and I have no, I'm not saying, you know, my life's the worst or something like that. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm saying this, that if God can meet me on my little old afternoon issue, right, and he's, he's, that, he's that good to meet me in that, and he doesn't say, ah, that's not big enough, that doesn't pass my threshold to care. No, he actually did meet me. If he would meet me for that, he's going to meet you in anything, everything. He cares about our gray afternoons, and he cares about our seasons where we're fighting diseases. He cares about that broken relationship in your family. He cares about the bigger issues in community or, or in our nation. He cares. He cares. I just want to share with you, and I think the scriptures are trying to share with us. He cares, he came, and he is near. Do you believe that? You set your mind on that daily. Have hope. Simply, I just want to say, have hope because we have a God who wants us to have full life and wants us to have his nearness inside of us, the Spirit. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that yeah, there's one who comes to seek, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundant. John 10, 10. Think on that verse daily. That doesn't mean everything in your life is going to go perfect. But it does mean there is a perfect God who, who wants to be with you in everything in life. And that's really good news. And, and, and 1 Corinthians 2.16 said that, that we have the mind of Christ. This is another verse that's kind of mind-blowing. We, we could spend a whole sermon on this, but I'll just say this. You don't just have your mind. 
You don't have access to the way God thinks, the scriptures say. And so you think, man, my thinking's really flawed, or I need help with a counselor or medication. That's okay. But guess what? You don't just have that mind. You also have the mind of Christ who will come alongside you. You have his mind. Believe that. So some simple habits for 2023. We're going to just kind of continue with the ones we've had, but build on them. And, and then if you haven't started them, you can, you can start them whenever you yield to them here. So some of you started them, I'm hearing, and some of you maybe haven't. That's okay. Uh, but I would, I would like you all to try these. And the first thing is just have a wake-up routine. You already have a wake-up routine because you're here, okay? So you, you, you've gotten up, you've gotten out of the house, you've done something, all of your clothes today, good job, right? You, most of you brushed your teeth, double good job. All right, so add to your wake-up routine some amount of time. I'm suggesting three minutes. Now, I, I say this, if you, have, if you do five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, don't reduce it to three minutes. Okay, but wake-up routine of three minutes could be while you're brushing your teeth, it could be sitting on the edge of the bed, it could be when you open your eyes, whatever it is for you, but have a posture of being open to God and receiving his blessings and the newness of this day. His mercies are new every morning. Just setting your minds on the spirit and it will be life and peace. Will all your problems go away that day? I'm not saying that. But you're setting your mind in your very waking moments. This is, this is ancient practice. Religious people have done this for a very long time. There's a reason, because it helps. Right? If you just start your day, you know, who knows which way you'll go. But what I try to tell people is start at the start. That's always a good thing. Right? Start at the start. So start your day with the right start, setting your mind on things that you're thankful for, on the nearness of God, on the love of God. Okay. And then I want to add to that, consider an evening routine. An evening routine. And, you know, you might have had a great day. You might have had a hard day somewhere. You might have had a boring body. I don't know. But you had a day. And thanking to God for the day and releasing to God things you shouldn't have done, asking forgiveness. But, but also saying, God, will you give me good rest? You know, the scriptures actually teach that God wants to give rest to his people. So, I, and I know some people really struggle with sleep. or they, You know, it is okay to fall asleep in prayer when you're talking to God. It's one of the best ways to fall asleep. So, but consider whether it's laying down or sitting again at the head of your bed or your toothbrush, whenever, but just give God thanks at the end of the day and release whatever is hurting or broken, saying, God, you're still in control. And I give you that. I give you where I screwed up. I give you where I was hurt today. Um, and I think that will bring some life and peace. So friends, you and I, we are not our own. We are God's. We are not just flesh and bones, and this is good news. You all, as the church, are so much more than we often realize or than we often think about. The truth is, it's amazing to think about, but the truth is God's spirit lives within us, and that is amazing, and it should humble us and set our lives about living to honor him. The, the life of the Spirit we have, the life of God's Spirit, and, and the life we have is richer and deeper and bolder and more powerful than we can even ask or imagine. So let's just go about exploring it this week and learning how we can listen to God's Spirit more. In fact, Jesus said, because we have the Spirit, we'll do far more. 
And he even did. And that's a mind-blowing thing we're going to discover in this series. We're going to do things that he has planned for us. And we're going to do things that are far more than we can ask or imagine. So may you, this week, rejoice. May you find yourselves individually in some strange place this week, rejoicing that you are not alone, but that the Spirit of God is with you, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. May that thought pop into your head, and may you smile and go, thank you, God. The same Spirit who raised you is with me now. And may, as you think that, and as you say that, either silently or out loud to God, may, may, your, may your body, your soul, all that is you, praise him. And may you live life fully this week with joy and hope, so much so that you are a light to others around it, even when you don't recognize it, because the Spirit's presence is in you, showing others that the love of God is God, thank you. Thank you for your good plan. Thank you for the nearness of your Holy Spirit who is right here in this place, right here in these people with a closeness, with an intimacy that we don't even know how to describe. But it's so beautiful, God, what you have done. You, you don't want us to be alone. You don't want us to be captive to our base nature. You don't want us to be captive to thoughts that we don't like. You want to be with us and help us through the hardest of things and the best of days. Lord, I, I thank you for resetting me this week and setting my mind to life and peace. And I, and I pray if there's anyone here that needs that, Lord, that right now they would just set their mind, their thoughts on you the nearness of their spirit, and that they would really believe that you want life and peace for them. Would you, would you help them do that right now, Lord? Would you help anybody that needs to do that this upcoming week to do that? Would you help anybody right now who is thinking about starting these routines but really hasn't had a morning or evening routine before? Would you help them, Lord, with that first one and help them realize that it's a good thing and a thing that you can help them continue. Lord, we, we love you. We love how you're working in our hearts. And we give you all the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always email me, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org uh, to connect with me or to send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.